Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. And welcome to Sawbones, a barrel tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Oh, Sid, I'm so excited. Why are you excited? Because it's Mac's fun drive. It's the best time of year. Oh, it's a time where that's we, a great reason to be We excited. can all uh, take stock of all the podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network that we love so much and kick in a few bucks to help them get made. Um, this is the sort of the tail end of the drive we're coming up on the last few days. Uh, but... Uh, if but it's just as important <clears throat> exactly, as the Cindy. very beginning of the drive. Exactly. That money spends no matter when you donate it. Uh, we, uh, Like I said, we're part of the Maximum Fun Network. There's a ton of great shows, all by um, cool people who uh, just want to make folks happy. Hence the name of the network. And um, not cooler than us, necessarily. Not necessarily. But, but very cool. We can vouch for them. <clears throat> um, now, we, what we do is once a year, we come to you hat in hand and say, hey, can you give us some money? And you say, why? And we say, because <laughs> you like our show and you want to help us make it. We use that money to um, uh, help buy equipment to improve the sound quality. We upgraded our Sawbones rig just this year, actually, with Maximum Fund donor money. So that we can look at each other face-to-face. Yeah. Face-to-face. And we also, you know, it's it's uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to do a podcast, especially when you have, you know, day jobs and an infant baby. It makes it a lot easier to do it when you can say, hey, there's people who care about enough about this to uh, to kick in some money on it. And, so, and to expand the family of shows that we do. Absolutely. Quite literally, our, in our case, our family of yeah. shows. Uh, yeah, we added uh, Still Buffering this year to the Maximum Fun Network. It's a show Sydney does with her sister. Check it out if you haven't. It's amazing. This week's episode is, is a show she does with her teenage sister, and they compare being a teenager then and now. This week's episode is about music. If You, if you should go listen to it. It's great. But Thank you, honey maximumfund.org slash donate. We have gifts we're going to tell you about uh, if you donate here in a little bit. Uh, but first, because it's the Maximum Fund Drive, Sydney has something very special planned. Well, Justin, I thought I thought this is why you were excited initially was uh, the topic that I chose for this week. Well, I thought the, the cafe before our show like, was that I don't, don't know the topics ahead of time. Well, that, I guess that's true. I didn't want to break the illusion. Okay, sorry. I was letting I was letting you all behind Welcome. behind the screen for a little sneak peek for this special episode. So I am not excited about this topic. Okay, but I felt like since it is Max Fun Drive, and I think that there probably is a contingent of our audience who enjoys. You know how some people say they enjoy the finer things in life? Mm -hmm. Maybe they enjoy the grosser things in life. The yuckier things. Exactly. The things that maybe give you a little bit of that like gag, like... I know, I sure enjoy it. So 
I thought I would stick with one of those topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the past, we've discussed P. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's number one. Why oh, not? No. Why not go for number two? Yeah, it's this show about poopy. Let's talk about poop. Uh, and there, I am not. Um, th- I didn't just come up with this. People want me to talk about poop. Yeah. S- several people have requested this. Thank you. Uh, Nicholas wanted me to talk about poop. Mara, Sarah. And Alex, especially thank you, Alex, for sending me lots of information about poop. Yeah, because I mean, what's it doing back there? You know. <laughs> so let me just preface by saying I'm pretty. I'm I'm not squeamish about poop, but I was raised in a family where we never really talked about that. We didn't actually acknowledge that any of us did it. It was kind of like, like I didn't think my mom did for a long time. I mean, I kind of, but I mean, if you had asked me, if you'd pushed me on it, I wouldn't have been able to swear to it when I was younger. <laughs> so this is a huge stretch for me to acknowledge that poop happens. I think it's so inspiring that you're overcoming <laughs> adversity. I, I do it with my, like with my patients outside of that realm. I usually don't. So here you go. So just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, let's talk about poop. All right, Sid, I'm ready. Now here's the weird thing. What's poop? <laughs> you, you don't know what poop is? Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's the stuff that comes out of your butt. Dirt, 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 <laughs> dirt, dirt. Got it. So obviously it's it's a it's waste dirt. that we expel. No, it's not dirt. It's, hmm. it's the leftover stuff after we've digested food as well as a lot of bacteria. And that's the important stuff that we're going to talk about a lot in this episode is there's a lot of bacteria in poop that actually can be kind of helpful in some ways because we're going to focus on not just poop, but this is sawbones, how poop has been used as medicine. Great. I'm really excited about it. So about all of that. We have been using poop as therapy for a really long time. Well, it's on hand, you know. It's easy uh, to well, come by. Hopefully not for very long, but <laughs> it is on hand. I hope you wash. Yeah, I hope you wash. Uh, Chinese medical writings from the 4th century mention ingesting fecal material. It's actually described as a, a solution of stool uh, for the treatment of both diarrhea and food poisoning. Hmm. Well, for diarrhea, you mean like other folks? Just like, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Not that other stuff. Do this. Right. Or your own poopsies. No, not your own. Like if you are sick and you're having diarrhea, you shouldn't eat your own poop. You should eat somebody else who's not sick and having diarrhea. Eat their poop. We'll eat their solution of stool, which sounds a little more clinical, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But not. But also not. Not not great. And, And a lot of people weren't thrilled about the idea of eating something drinking something that was described in a text as solution of stool. So uh, later on, there was a physician, uh, Li Shizen, who gave it a, maybe a more pleasing name, yellow soup. Okay, stop it. That's so worse. Or so much worse. perhaps you prefer golden juice. I do not, madam. <laughs> Good day. Good day, podcast. Here's my replacement, Mark Marin. Good day. <laughs> Both uh, yellow soup and golden juice were mentioned as possible treatments for a lot of different abdominal issues. Um, basically, anything that would cause you to be, you know, to have abdominal pain or constipation or diarrhea or fevers or vomiting or anything like that. And and these euphemisms were used to kind of try to make it sound better. But the recipe, if you if you will, the recipe for yellow soup or golden juice mm-hmm. was just. Some water mixed with either fresh, dry, or fermented, fermented. Nice. Poop. <clears throat> That's how they make, make ultra, actually. 
That's not. Don't say that. We're going to get in trouble with Mick Ultra now. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to pull their sponsorship. Their lucrative sponsorship. (laughs) Um, Sometimes specifically infant stool is necessary. Um, uh, fermentation though was a key was okay, a key process if you could ferment that's a fun conversation to have with a new parent isn't it hey uh when you're done with that i thought you meant like just advising like before you leave the hospital also you know what else they're good for yeah uh if you get diarrhea tell just, you what you want to do this is the pits i'm hanging in there i'm trying to hang in there <laughs> Woof. Okay. We, we've we talked a little bit before, because not just human poop. These are examples of human feces being used as medicine. And we're going to talk more about that. But um, poop from all species has been advised for various medical Yeah, things. why limit yourself? Exactly. Like, why why only human poop? I mean, because then you got to ask, like, a neighbor or somebody or somebody you're close to. So, you know, if it's coming from an animal, you can probably just collect it. Uh, so the ancient Egyptians, and I we actually mentioned this briefly when we talked about um, contraception. Uh, the ancient Egyptian medical texts advise that if you don't want to get pregnant, you should create a suppository uh, or a pessary, a little teeny kind of like pellet of something that you would put inside your vagina uh, out of crocodile dung, fermented dough, or crocodile dung with honey and saltpeter. And you would turn that into like a little pellet and then stick that up inside your vagina and it would prevent pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, on one level, no, but on the other level, kind of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of, like indirectly. Hey, Justin. Yeah. Everybody's into something. That's true. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Everybody's got their everybody's got their thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is probably because crocodiles were associated with the god Set, who was also associated with miscarriage. Huh. So uh, this is probably where this association came from. You know what's strange is that doing this probably created a more alkaline environment inside the vagina, uh, and lowering the acidity may have made it slightly easier to conceive. I mean, there is the physical blockage of the, and the, the crocodile poop. Spiritual, emotional blockage. <laughs> of like, what? But it's, just, huh? You know, as long as we're talking science. Yeah. Which we are, right? Yeah, this is science. Just like <laughs> like uh, Bill Nye and Mr. Wizard. Science. <laughs> Move like over, Neil, Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. <laughs> uh, Galen, some famous, some famous faces who advise different uses for poop. Galen advised feces uh, both externally and internally um so you could rub it on yourself or you could take it you know in a pill or in food or as a drink um for basically balancing your humors and and really it's just being used in in this case as like a noxious substance that would make you puke okay great so yeah that kind of makes sense sure if you want something that's going to make you puke try to drink poop yeah i mean yeah it worked in it worked in jackass (laughs) we got guess that'd be okay um, there were some ancient Hindu texts that advised cow dung for wound cleaning. And also, if you dry it out first, um, it's, it makes a great facial scrub. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dried dog poop was also used as a remedy for sore throats for a while. Um, That's easy you know, to come I've by. Had, I I've see had... that in the park periodically. I've had some sore throats. I've had some bad sore throats. I've never had that bad of a sore throat. I, I, I'm i fine. You know what? I'm going to get a Luden and just like chill. <laughs> there are times where I would almost prefer you do that to all of the bottles of chloroseptic spray that are littered around our house constantly. You Don't, have a problem. I, I You I have a problem. Yeah. I get sore throats. That's the problem. All the time. Okay. Plenty got in on the act. 
Of course. Of course. Uh, plenty advised, if you have a cough, your best bet is rabbit poop. Uh, well, now, why is that? I mean, because Plenty said so. Yeah, he doesn't need logic. He's not going to be bound by such arcane concepts. I don't know. I could make something up, but he just made something up, too. So we'd both be making things up. And (laughs) what's the point, really? Yeah, I haven't worked enough of that. Uh, You know, I read that. I don't know if this is true, but I read that Martin Luther used to eat a spoonful of his own poop every day. I mean, it's one way to stay humble, you know? You start your I think own it, branch it actually, of religion. You gotta, you gotta keep that old head unswelled somehow, and that'll certainly do it. I don't know if that was. Just is that what humble of, pie is? I've, I've been curious about that. That's humble pie. Oh, Ooh. oh, Ooh. really? I don't. I guess maybe. that was gross. As a gross, Sydney. I'm so sorry. Your delicate sensibilities <laughs> were were so scandalized. Go back to talking about consuming all poops, please. Be my guest. Okay, so I think I left off with with Martin Luther eating his own poop. Yeah, let me uh, rewind the tape. Yeah, that's where you stopped talking is when you were talking about Martin Luther eating his own dookie. Go on. I think he was just thanking God for all gifts. Even butt gifts? <laughs> is Even that what you're talking about? Butt gifts. In, in the 1696, a German, I'm just going to start reading your notes to get past this concept. Okay. There is a book that I discovered in this research that I kind of wish I had. It's called The Salutary Filth Pharmacy. It was written by Christian Franz Paulini in 1696 as a German physician. And it, it consisted of a bunch of different prescriptions. We could probably could do endless episodes just based on this book uh, for just anything, all, whatever ails you, uh, using bodily excretions. Essentially, so there were recipes that uh, for different things that used urine, things that used earwax, things that used menstrual blood, and of course, there was a treatment for again dysentery, so for diarrhea illness, mm-hmm. uh, using poop. He also wrote, which I don't know if this should be like one of our themes. If we, maybe this should be our next T-shirt, whoever disrespects feces disrespects his origin kind of doesn't understand how people are made huh <laughs> he that talked about really involved he, he actually there were references before this phrase which i think was my favorite of uh like us being formed by god's hands out of out of his feces hmm. a different take yeah i'm gonna stick with the whole stork thing i don't remember being taught that in catechism myself no, me neither <laughs> And I wasn't in catechism, but I'll, I'd lay even money that it was not part of the curric. <laughs> but just remember that, Justin. Stop disrespecting feces. Okay, I'll try for the next however many minutes okay. to not disrespect feces. Okay. Uh, there was also a substance in the 1800s uh, that was used to, so it was very popular at the time. We've talked about this to have a very pale face. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would want, you know, uh, women especially would paint their faces with different compounds that were white to make their skin look extremely pale because that was the fashion that was in. That's what we've talked about before. Like tuberculosis was popular for the same reason. Uh, Cirrus was a substance that would do this and it was made. uh, We know using lead and vinegar, that's like a famous, like we know where people were putting this lead based substance on their face, which is bad. You're absorbing lead, getting lead poisoning, but it was also actually stabilized with horse dung, which isn't as popularized. So all these fine women were, putting horse poop all over their faces and lead and vinegar Ugh. to look beautiful. Wow. Standards of beauty certainly have changed in the intervening <laughs> years. Hey. Um, 
I want to hear more about. Uh, I don't. Okay, I'm. I accept that I'm going to hear more about this. But oh, I'm you going, are. There's so much more to come. I'm going to come up for air real quick to tell you all about the Maximum Fun Drive. Uh, the address. Let me get it out there. Early and often, it's maximumfund.org forward slash donate. Sydney, why should I give money to the Maximum Fund Drive? Well, you should give money, if you can, to the Maximum Fund Drive because obvious reasons. It helps to support us uh, making this show that I'm hoping you enjoy because you've been listening to it for a little while now. Yeah. So so it helps us make our shows as well as all of the other wonderful hosts on the Maximum Fund Network create their wonderful content. It also makes you feel super good when you listen, knowing That's that true. You've, you've had a hand in, in this creation. But on a more practical level, we'll give you some gifts. Oh, cool. So if you can become a monthly member at different levels, there are different levels of gifts, at $5 a month, uh, you get all kinds of bonus content. Oh, yeah. So, There's days of stuff on there. Exactly. That's not just the bonus content that we've recorded this year, which you've probably heard us talking about, uh, like our ASMR episode. Research by me. And and Fe- ASMR'd by me? Featuring a virtual holophonic <laughs> audio uh, doctor's visit with Sydney Macro at the end. Uh, which so- people have been, like, uh, a lot of people have dug it. A lot of people have f- figured out that they're completely freaked out yes. by by that kind of content. So it'll be interesting to see what what you at home think. Yeah, you're going to have a response to one, to one extreme or the other. So check it out. Uh, so that's at $5 a month, all that bonus content, not just our show, all the shows. Um, at $10 a month, you're going to get one of our Drive-exclusive Max Fun bandanas. They're all featuring art by Megan Lynn Cott. There are 22 different designs, each representing our shows so yeah. you can pick which design you like best which you show know it's you gonna like be best sawbones, though. come on the sawbones one is pretty cool so that's at ten dollars a month at uh twenty dollars a month you're going to get the max fun adventure necessities kit yeah and that comes with uh toilet paper hot cocoa a uh multi-tool and a paracord bracelet um you also get the bandanas and you get the um the, all the bonus material, you get all that stuff. Yeah, that's important to remember. At each level, you get everything from the levels below that as well. Uh, and at $35 a month, you're going to get the Max Fun Thermos with Travel Tumbler, as well as the Adventure Necessities Kit and the Bandana and all the bonus content we've already told you about. There are also levels at $100 a month. You can get membership in the Inner Circle, which is a monthly culture club, as well as $200 a month when you get free registration to MaxFunCon 2017. Yeah. It, it, a lot, you, know, and, you know, something that uh, a lot of people don't realize is that the money that you donate during the MaxFun Drive is not just uh, getting sent to some faceless podcasting conglomerate. No, no, no. Uh, you pick the shows that you listen to. You indicate the shows you listen to. Uh, when you register for the drive or when you upgrade uh, for the drive, you can do that too. Um, and when you do that, you can change the shows, shows that you listen to. So uh, the shows that you pick that you say you listen to get the majority of the money that you donate goes straight to those shows that you're supporting directly. It's not, uh, uh, you know, you're directly supporting the shows that you listen to, which is a, a really cool way to show that you appreciate them and, and hugely helpful. And if you are already a, a donor to Max Fund, first of all, we want to say thank you. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for contributing to uh, our ability to make these shows, to continue to uh, do what we do, hopefully do it better, and to expand uh, the family of shows that we do. Um, and if you are in a position to upgrade this year, that would be awesome as well. And yep. then you're eligible for the gifts that we've already mentioned. 
So maximumfund.org forward slash donate is the address. So, uh, all right, Sid, let's hear about more poop. All right. So the Bedouins The we're going to talk about them because this was a, uh, a group of people who would, who knew that camel dung was useful for dysentery. Uh, and is it? well, they claimed that okay. eating warm, fresh camel dung, mm. warm, fresh, just like grandma get that in make. there, warm, yeah. fresh camel dung, uh, would be a good cure for dysentery. And that's interesting. And we, and you know, when you see something like this hang around, by the way, when you see something like that persists in a culture, now I know I've said before that just because humans keep doing something doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea, but when humans are doing something as seemingly strange and clearly yucky as eating camel poop, you got to step back and think, do they know something? <laughs> are they on to something? So the reason we're talking about the Bedouins is because the German soldiers in World War II who were stationed in Northern Africa observed this and also observed that they didn't get dysentery at the same rate that the German soldiers were. Okay. So they also began eating camel dung for dysentery. Kind of like if you saw Ricky jump off a bridge, did you jump off a bridge too? According to to records, reports that it actually did work. It mir- was helpful. Miracle. Yes. Yes. It was a miracle cure. It was definitely helpful. Um, they actually later would... the. Uh, German scientists would go on to try to isolate the bacteria from the camel dung that was actually making it helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, to save you the all the work of yes. eating fresh, fresh, hot camel dung. Of eating fresh, hot camel poop. Uh, they they figured out what, you know, what was the science behind it? Why was it working? And we're going to talk a lot about good bacteria at the end of this and why eating poop may have actually been helpful sometimes. Um, not that I'm telling you to go eat poop. I'm just saying. Just... Yeah, But I, this leads into a, a really weird little side story that isn't purely medical, but I think is pretty fascinating. So the German soldiers r- saw this and began also partaking in camel dung. Um, so much so, and, and it worked for them so well, that camel droppings became this kind of good luck charm for the German army. And so one thing they would do is if they would see camel droppings somewhere, they would try to steer their tanks to run over them. Kind of like a, like a thing, like a, you know like how you try like, to hit a pop bottle in your car that you see on the highway. Yeah. That like, kind yeah, of I thing. I bet that's going to make a cool noise if I hit it. Yeah. Or like you jump up as you go through a door frame to try to hit the top of the door or something like that. Bored. Some, yeah. yeah some weird yeah. thing to do. And it had something to do with good luck. And so anyway, so the, the German tanks would try to run over the camel dung. Uh, Americans noticed that the Germans would do this. Mm-hmm. And so what did, what did we wily Americans do? Well, we started making landmines that were disguised as camel dung. Oh, no. Yes. Gets, well, that's so terrible. We're ruining one of their simple joys. <laughs> I think we could. I think we'll just get. We won't get into a conversation about the. You know, but the ethics, the ethics of, the, of, of war. World War II. Yeah. You know, yeah. we'll just, we'll leave that off this table. I'm just talking about camel poop and landmines. Got it. So, uh, when the, so when the Americans noticed, they started making the landmines look like camel dung. When the Germans caught on to that, they started avoiding fresh piles of camel dung because they might be landmines. 
but running over already run over piles of camel dung ones that had like tank tracks through them already because then clearly those were okay yeah so then the americans started noticing that and they started making landmines that looked like camel dung that had already been run over by a tank did that was nobody shooting anybody like seriously you guys (laughs) are paying a lot of weirdest game yeah anyway it sounds like trolling more than warfare to me (laughs) so so the point is that people were eating camel poop but there you go there's your little there's your little weird historical side story um both uh horse and cow manure have been used not just throughout history but more recent times to filter water hmm so, in a sense of medicinal kind of use, as a, as a hygiene kind of use. Um, there, Seems like a stretch, but okay. There's certain bacteria that can help remove impurities from the water, especially like chemical kinds of impurities and that kind of thing. So... Are you telling me that's on point two? Yeah, there's actually... There's science behind it. I'm not saying you go to this like in, in lieu of other options. Like there are probably better filters than yes, cow poopy. But... But in some places where there aren't better options... Okay. ...it's been used... Um, and before I talk about, I want to get into like current use because there is, hold on, there is current, it's still current hot. use. It's still of, hot and fresh. Yes. Like camel dung. <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about some of the animal stuff because we don't do a lot of veterinary medicine, largely because like. You don't know anything about it. I don't it. know anything about it. <laughs> I'm not a veterinarian. I don't know anything about it. I only know about humans. But um, this is It's like a sub layman not- level of understanding of the animal body right like you have absolutely no idea of how like you think work. i have less than the like average you, person than the knows average about person animals knows about animals it's like you think they're all just gears and blood in there no okay so you would say you have like, about i the figure average. they have organs and stuff i just don't know and then your first lesson is complete <laughs> so this this whole concept of eating poop and using poop as medicine and and kind of taking poop from one creature and putting it in another creature to make it better. This is not that strange if you're a veterinarian. This is not that foreign of a concept. Um, Because veterinarians, as we all know, are nasty. (laughs) I'm not not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they know about animals and I don't. Uh, On a very basic level, this is partially why some, well, probably entirely why on a biological level why some animals eat their mom's poop did you know that some animals do that no i'm i'm absorbing these two concepts simultaneously okay some animals eat their mom's poop all right got that it's in there like hippos koalas pandas elephants um the reason that they are driven i mean because obviously it's not like they say like hey mom what's that yeah can i try it oh he'll learn it's all right vicky (laughs) let him try it once it's because they're born with sterile guts, meaning that their GI tract doesn't have any bacteria in it. And so eating their mom's poop populates their GI tract with good bacteria that they need to is help that, break that, down. Is that probiotics? Is that what probiotics yeah, is? that's like probiotics. All right. It's good bacteria going into your gut. So that's why animals do that. Um, so there's already kind of a basis for this in the animal kingdom. Um, and then in 17th century Italy, this is how far back we see veterinarians putting this concept to use in animals, taking kind of the fecal material from one animal to give to another one to help cure it if it is ill. Um, and where we see this done mainly, when I, when I talk about fecal material in this sense, it's a little different. You know, animals that are ruminants, no. that ruminate their food, that like chew it up and it like 
swills around in their first stomach and okay, gets broken yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, like sheep and cows. Multi-chambered you know, stomachs. That, they're ruminant animals. Yeah. Okay. Um, you could take ruminant material from one animal, from one cow, let's say, and you can put it in another cow if they're sick to like help them get their gut flora right. Huh. That is called transphonation. And literally, we have been doing some version of this since the 17th century. Wow. Because it helps make them better. Like, we're not doing weird experiments on cows and sheep. Like, it, it helps make them better if okay. they're sick or whatever. So, right. so this is not a new concept in the veterinary world. It's a real concept. It is a real... Oh, yes. It's not fakey-fake medicine. It's no, real, it's no, real this medicine. Is, no, this is real. This is real. And so... If you if you take all this that I've I've informed you about, you take all this stuff that we used to do to humans, all these weird uses of poop as medicine throughout history, like with with seemingly you would think no, like why would you do that? Why would these people have ever done that? Um, and then you you observe this in the animal kingdom. Some smart people began to put this all together and think maybe there's some maybe there's some real science here. Some smart brave people. Yes. Yeah. With ironclad stomachs. Again, you got to figure for this, for this to hang around, somebody knew, somebody suspected something, right? Right. Yeah. So in 1910, uh, a doctor started documenting that they were injecting a bacillus bacteria, which a, a certain, a certain kind of bacillus that was found in poop, that was found in human feces in large numbers into the rectum of some of his patients who had these chronic infections these like chronic diarrheal illnesses were not getting better so he started taking cultures of this bacteria injecting it directly into their rectum right right mm -hmm. up their butts and he noticed some success in stopping these infections and kind of what what he thought was putting in there something that they were lacking something that humans who had healthy poop had lots of his theory was that these humans who had diarrhea did not have lots of it, and so he was trying to give them back something they needed. And this was all based on, like, I don't know, maybe this will work, maybe this is what they're missing. I don't know. Kind of figuring things out. Okay. In 1958, we see the real breakthrough with this. So there was a team of surgeons in Colorado who were taking care of some very, very sick patients uh later we would figure out that these patients had something called c diff or clostridium difficile colitis which i'm going to talk to you quite a bit about but at the time all we knew is that these people were quite ill they had diarrhea a, a severe abdominal pain um, and when i say diarrhea i don't just mean like their poop was runny or they went to the bathroom a few extra times i mean having accidents on themselves constant Just watery no control, yeah. un uncontrolled nonstop diarrhea uh they had high fevers and they were quite quite sick people so what these doctors did uh was take poop from healthy people and give enemas using this poop to the sick people so, you know, usually an enema, you squirt like water, soap study water or something like that up somebody's butt in order mm -hmm. to clean everything out and then flush it all back out, right? Mm -hmm. So it can be a way of like if somebody has constipation and they're impacted or whatever and you need to get the poop out of there. Well, instead of flushing it with water, they flush it with poop. Okay, yeah. And these people got better. Whoa, that wasn't the sentence I expected you to say next. No, these patients got 
way better. Um, and everybody realized that we were onto something. Poop. <laughs> so let me tell you real quick a little bit about C. diff. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about C. diff? Uh, I would love to hear more about C. diff, Sydney, but first... Uh, I want to tell you about the Maximum Fun Drive. It's a lot more pleasant than C. diff, I assure you. I, I would hope so. It's a lot easier, too. You just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate, and then you choose which donation level you can help us out at. Like I said, if all you can afford is $5 a month, that's huge. It's <clears throat> We talk a lot about how something is so much bigger than nothing. Even if um, $5 is the most you can do, it still is such a huge help to all of us. Because enough people kicking in that amount of money... It, it adds up and it helps us to keep the lights on here at MaximumFun.org. And I really believe in the the work that not just our show, but all the shows on the network are doing. Um, they help a lot of really cool people make cool stuff for other really cool, kind, considerate people. And we've been really lucky to be a part of the the uh, MaxFun family, the McElroys, I should say, for uh, over five years now. So uh, we we love being a part of it and we love the, this time of year. Um Normally, I don't like pledge drives on, on uh, like public radio or whatever. But uh, I really like this one, not just because I'm the beneficiary of it. <laughs> although that certainly you could be forgiven for for jumping to that conclusion. But the listeners to this network are always uh, they're the most vocal about it, and it's amazing because they listen to all these shows. Um, and as soon as the drive starts, they're the ones that are championing it. Like they're the ones that are saying, "Hey, you got to get out there and donate." And um, it, it's really amazing to look at the Max Fun Drive hashtag and to see all the people who are who are encouraging others to donate. Well, when we when we talk about our Max Fun family, we're not just talking about those of us who actually create content for the network. Um, we're talking about all of you who make that possible. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, you, you you know, by donating, we we hey, by listening, we welcome you into that Max Fun family mm-hmm. um, because you you have a hand in in making this possible and um, and hopefully. Uh, you enjoy what we create with that and and keep expanding and hopefully making better. Now, maybe you are not in a place where you can donate money. Believe us, like, A, we have so been there. We've been there. I was Oof. a poor medical student for quite a while. We have been there. <laughs> Trust us. Uh, we have been there. Uh, uh, we've uh, but uh, if you if you can't, if you could help us by spreading that link around MaximumFund.org forward slash donate and telling other people why they should donate and help us to get awareness out in these last couple of days of the drive, that would be amazing too. Um, quick reminder, for five bucks a month, you're going to get a huge amount of bonus content. Ten bucks a month, you get that plus a uh, a cool show-themed bandana of your, of your choice. $20 a month, uh, you get the Maximum Fun Adventure Preparedness Kit, which has... Toilet paper and and a uh, uh, a paracord bracelet and hot cocoa mix and multi tool a multi tool all with like the maximum fun logos on them, not the toilet paper that would be madness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, you can draw it on there if you yeah if you feel want. inclined. If you could do one of those donation levels every month, it is it is seriously so hugely helpful and and it means so much to us. So uh, maximumfund.org forward slash donate is the address. Please. We've only got a couple more days, and we only do this once a year, so please go right now and uh, make your pledge. Thank you so much. Sydney, tell me about C. diff. While while they're donating, uh, uh, whisk them away with your tales of C. diff. That's right. The Maximum Fun Drive, more pleasant than C. diff. Can that be our new... Can we ask Jesse if that can be our new I don't know that's going to catch on. I don't know, I don't okay. know if that's going to get a lot of heat. Just ask him. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Just, okay. So... Clostridium difficile is a bacteria that uh, you have some of, probably, in your colon, but you shouldn't have a lot of. 
Okay. And this has to do with, I've talked about this a little bit on the show before. Uh, Bacteria are super important to our bodies. You know, I've been saying that we're more bacteria than human. And I got, uh, I got an email about that, that there've actually been new studies that maybe it's, maybe we're even, maybe we're equally bacterial and human. So there you go. Although I really like that we're more bacteria than human. Maybe I'm, maybe I like... I am just by one, like yeah. by one bacteria, just slightly, just yeah. slightly tilted towards bacteria. I think that's cool. Either way, the point is we have a lot of bacteria and we need it. It's important. We have evolved with it. It does things for us. There are good bacteria inside you that you need to preserve and protect. So when that good bacteria maybe gets wiped out by, let's say, antibiotics, or just your balance gets thrown off, like you were very ill. Um, Or nowadays, it's just out there, unfortunately. Um, C. diff, Clostridium difficile, can take over. And when it starts growing like crazy in your colon, you get really, really sick. You get something that we call pseudomembranous colitis, whereas it looks like there's another lining inside your colon that has been created by this nasty bug. Um, and the symptoms you have are that you have, like I've talked about, severe pain in your stomach and lots and lots of diarrhea. And you're, you're very, very sick. These people often, almost all the time, end up hospitalized. It can lead to serious complications. Um, one called toxic megacolon, which is just as bad as you think. It sounds really bad. It is very bad. So... Um, I didn't mean to laugh, although I'm sure people actually have had toxic megacolon. I don't mean to laugh at you. It's just a baffling name. It is. It is. It's a very, uh, it is very descriptive term that is exactly like it sounds. Your colon stops working and becomes really big and is also super infected and you require surgery and it's a big deal. And toxic megacolon is also my least favorite sci-fi original movie. So that's another (laughs) thing about it. Although I am looking forward to when it takes on Sharknado. Yeah, I'll be yeah. see those two go at it. Um, there are only, th- th- and this is the trickier part about C. diff. It is only susceptible to a couple of antibiotics. So, you know, there are a lot of people get a lot of different infections. And I think we're kind of used to living in the antibiotic era now. We have mm-hmm. since the 40s. So we assume there's probably a pill for that, right? Right. Well, with C. diff, there's really only two. And if those, and sometimes those don't work. And then we're in a real, we're in a real pickle. Mm-hmm. We're in a bad situation because this is a bad infection and it needs to be treated. And sometimes the antibiotics aren't enough. Um, and again, this used to only be seen in, like I said, patients who were either on an antibiotic before or who were in a hospital or maybe some sort of, you know, institution lived around other people who were sick, like in close quarters, that kind of situation, like mm-hmm. maybe in a nursing home or something like that, or the chronically ill. Now we're seeing it more and more common. I've known, not just people I've taken care of, I've known a lot of people who have had C. diff. So it's out there in the community. So we've done a lot of research to try to figure out what else can we do since antibiotics are not the silver bullet, so to speak, of this infection. And we've come up with an old new solution. I'm guessing poop. Poop. So fecal transplants... Was this a hot topic at some point? I feel like in the past few years, I saw like a story about it. There something. are lots of stories about fecal transplants. That's the thing. You may have heard of this because this was uh, once this became more well known and more popular. There were articles in lots of newspapers and science magazines because it was one of those things where 
we love this as like doctors and in the, not just doctors, but in the science community, when we stumble on something that everybody wants to hear about, because we think what we do is fascinating. Most of the time people don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we talk about something like, Hey, we're going to put somebody else's poop in you to make you better. And everybody goes, what? what? We yeah. got all excited. Call the today show. <laughs> so fecal microbiota transplant or FMT or just fecal transplant, if you prefer, um, can be used for especially resistant cases of C. diff. We usually don't jump to this. Usually we try the antibiotics first. And not all centers even do this. So I'm not even saying this is something necessarily available to you locally. Uh, But we have a lot of good data that says that instead of trying to wipe out the bacteria C. diff with an antibiotic, like we normally do, if we put more good bacteria back in there, that, you're, mm-hmm. that you've lost, right? Because C. diff has wiped it all out. It's kind of taken over. Mm-hmm. If we can repopulate your colon with that good bacteria that you used to have, it'll battle back on its own and fight back the C. diff and get rid of the C. diff and then your balance will be restored and you'll stop pooping so much. Awesome. So let's say that you want to do this. I do. You may be wondering how. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So first of all, we got to find a donor. Okay, me. I'll do it. You want to be a stool donor? You you twisted my arm. Okay. So you can be a poop donor. Uh, A lot of the time we'll do this um, with somebody who's like close to you, like a a friend or family member, especially somebody who lives in the same house, maybe has a similar diet or a similar... Well, if you're going to let them poop inside you, I think they should be pretty close to you. (laughs) It doesn't have anything to do with genetics or anything, though. It's not like tissue samples or things where we have to find like matches it's just like whose poopy isn't going to keep you up at night (laughs) psychological thing exactly it's who you feel comfortable asking for their poop it's not like a blood typing thing yeah um usually it's somebody known to you although it doesn't have to be as i'm going to talk about um we take about two to three hundred grams of your poop uh we're gonna put it in a blender there's fancier equipment, I'm sure, in labs, but let's just be honest. It's a blender. It's a big blender that costs $150,000. <laughs> Mix it with normal saline and then introduce it. Hopefully, we can do it via an enema um, into the patient. Or if not, sometimes we have to do it via what we call a nasogastric tube or an NG tube. Nasogastric. Now, Justin, can you guess where this tube goes? From your nose to your stomach. That's right. So if we have to, I hate it. I hate it. It's can, the worst path it could take. We can put the poop soup through the nose and into the stomach. Can't, 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 can't. Nope, 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 nope. Justin, don't you laugh. This saves lives. I'm not laughing, Cindy. What about my <laughs> demeanor, my composure, my whole, um, my my whole way of being right now is is in any way even in the same country, the same continent as laughter. It is not. This is despicable. Now I'm sure right now at home you're wondering. That sounds great. How can I make money off this? Heck yeah. (laughs) I had some tough college years. How can I be a... What I'm thinking is that, yeah, you talk about college years. If you were willing to donate plasma... Look, just like that, you got enough money for maximum fun drive. Well, how much easier would it be to donate poop? Much. Everybody poops. But nobody wants your dirty college student poopies anyway. (laughs) You can get paid for this, donating poop. Usually about 40 bucks a sample. Nice. Every time, I'm going to be rich. Now, <laughs> yeah, every time. Yeah, really. Stop it. Don't. <laughs> uh, no. You can, you can only use certain donors for this, yeah, by the way. So not just, not just everybody's poop is, 
is acceptable. Everyone poops, but um, not everyone poops good enough for this. <laughs> that's actually that's actually true. It's actually something like of the people who apply, like three percent actually it's very, qualify. It's very prestigious. It's the Fame High School of pooping. <laughs> like it's the Juilliard of pooping. <laughs> I mean, everybody's good at something. Yeah, find your th- thing early and chase your bliss. That's what I say. Um, they're v- these donors are very rigorously screened. Uh, you have to go through stool tests to make sure you don't have C. diff yourself or other sorts of bacterial infections, th- those kinds of things, um, parasitic infections. Uh, there are a lot of blood tests for kind of more of the common bloodborne illnesses that you worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, we check for those. Um, also like syphilis. Syphilis is one of those. In addition to like a history and physical and a, a, to ask you about like your diet and your usual pooping routine and what your poop's like and that kind of stuff to make sure you're not sick. Yeah. Um, they can only use certain of your poop. So even if you pass all that criteria and you are one of these like holy grail of poopers, you're one of the poop donors, um, you still, some of your poops may not be acceptable. So let's say you had some like Chipotle and it's like stop it like really runny how maybe. dare you sorry i don't mean to insult chipotle let's say that not chipotle earned it they've been doing some dirty things they're trying <laughs> to get better but they had like a rough time for a little bit so they use something called the bristol stool chart there's a chart like taco bell's right there sydney obviously taco bell sorry that's, that's who you go after um i know chipotle had problems chipotle's trying to get it together sydney get get off their back i'll I'll still eat either way i don't care i'll eat them both i'm I'm not picky i'm not (laughs) yeah i don't care so there's a chart there's a chart of poop that you need to know about you can look up a picture of this it's called the bristol stool chart billboard top 100 right now and these kids today with their boom 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 (laughs) it goes from chart of poop that's what i call it one to seven one being the hardest like the little pellet poops you know when you're real constipated seven being like real runny diarrhea and so everything is in between if your poop is a one or a two it's too hard can't be used if your poop is a six or a seven too runny you may be sick still can't be used three to five is all we can use again bristol stool chart if you're interested look it up you can see a picture of the poops that are acceptable poops three so dr bristol what are you going to name your chart well i'm going to name it after (laughs) myself i'm so proud of my chart of poopy hardness that i'm going to name it bristol's very special poopy chart when i can i just say i i first learned about this i still remember in my third year of medical school when a gastroenterologist taught me about this chart i thought it was a joke i really thought it was a joke. well sydney how did this man get to name our woman but let's be honest probably man it in this on this named one for a place i think it may have been named for a pl- the place bristol i'm not even sure why do we even need to qualify this this is not like like poopy it's either hard or not hard like it, you don't need oh to no tr- there are seven layers of yeah, poop. apparent yeah apparently of okay poop hardness. i've indulged you long enough please please okay. no more poop facts so so let me let me just finish up with this because this is really exciting this really is this is a big exciting area of medicine i mean to me uh, there are cases where, um, so w- once we take these perfect poops, these three Bristol three through fives from the right donor, everything's good. Like I said, we can treat C. diff with this and there's been a lot of success from this. It really has like there's, this is evidence-based. I'm not just making this stuff up. Um, there are also cases where it's been used successfully for other kinds of colitis, things like ulcerative colitis. Uh, which is like an inflammatory bowel disease that you just have. This would be huge if we could keep people um, in remission, we say longer, in between flares. That's similar to Crohn's disease that people can have flares of. Mm-hmm. Same kind of idea. Ulcerative colitis is something very similar. Um, that's it's, We haven't proven that as much yet. 
We have some case reports, but there's evidence that maybe we could look into this further. Um, in some other countries, they're doing this a lot more, particularly Australia. They're doing a lot more of this, and, and so they've got more data. It's still being evaluated for this, so we're not sure. And the FDA is still trying to figure out how to regulate it. Because the question is, is this a drug which is regulated a certain way through the FDA, or is this more like a tissue sample or a blood product? How do you regulate poop? I don't know. You need a special commission. <laughs> Nobody's exactly sure. And so right now, um, it's still considered somewhat investigational. And there are certain guidelines that you have to follow. Uh, There are donor banks. So while yes, you can get it from, you know, if you're having this done by a physician locally, they may have one of your family members donate or friend or somebody. Um, There is a place in Boston called Open Biome, which is a poop donor bank. Awesome. Where they keep tons of freeze-dried poop like perfectly preserved from from the all these approved donors that we talked about great uh, poops too and They're they best ship off it poops. they ship it all over the world i think like seven different countries so far or something like that have have gotten poop and, and like almost every state have, have gotten samples of poop from boston that saves lives um and so sharks in conclusion <laughs> i'm looking for <laughs> $100,000 for 20% of my poop mailing business. Thank you. Can I just say, uh, you'll find online and in maybe even in your pharmacy kits to like DIY this. Uh, no, thank you. I wouldn't recommend it. It's just not, you know, it yeah. could go horribly wrong. Really, really I, I wouldn't do it yourself. I would actually go talk to a doctor. If if your physician isn't familiar with it or if, if you know, this just not something done locally, because it might not be. This isn't done everywhere. There are other doctors who can, you know, they can yeah. refer you to specialists who can do this, other referral centers. Obviously, this isn't something we jump to quickly. It's still under investigation. I'm not saying it's the answer to all our prayers. I'm just saying it's a really cool area of research right now. And we've known about it for Hundreds and thousands of years. Thanks, Poop. Thank you, Poop. Sorry we're giving you such a hard time. There you go. I'm not saying Poop again for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, And uh, that's going to do it for us, too. Um, One more time, please. This is our last chance to to, uh, hit you up with cash this year. And uh, it would just mean the world to us if you'd go donate. Maximumfund.org forward slash donate. Right now, pledge just five bucks a month if if you can. And uh, and help us uh, keep this network going. Um, thank you to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Um, thank you at home so much for listening to our show, for supporting us just absolutely. by downloading every week and tweeting at us and, and uh, emailing me and, and everything. We really appreciate it. And, and again, if you if you can, if you're in a position to donate to our show, to our network right now, MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. We super appreciate it. That's going to do it. Still better than C. diff. Still better than C. diff. That's going to do it for us, folks. Until next Wednesday, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.